Hey, this is Michael Scobie. We're so honored that you're tuned into our podcast today. Whether you're part of our Vibrant Church family in person or online, I want to encourage you to connect with us on social media. Just search Vibrant HTX on all social media markets. You can also go to VibrantHTX.com to hear about things going on, connect with a life group, or even get to know some of our pastoral team. We pray this message inspires you, challenges you, and helps you make your next step in following Jesus. Let's jump into the message. All right. I am so excited about being here. You know, it really is an honor that, uh, well, I say it's an honor. I don't know if it's good that Pastor Michael decided to have me preach on a day he wasn't here, <laughs> or I don't know what instructions they have they've been given in the back, but, but I'm excited. We're going to talk today about Money Matters. And hopefully, I'm honored to be here, but I'm excited, not necessarily for me, but I'm excited for you. I really believe that the church as a whole has done a fantastic job teaching us how to give, teaching us uh, how to budget. How many Dave Ramsey people do we have out there? But we haven't done, the church has not done a great job teaching us how to earn. And I believe money matters. And Whenever you look in the New Testament, New Testament was written in, who, who, who can answer that? What language was the New Testament written in? Greek, very good. Uh, can we get a prize for these people? <laughs> so the New Testament was written in the Greek, and the word for repentance in the Greek is metanoia, which actually means, you know, so we've heard repentance, right? You're going one way, and to repent, you just turn and go the other way. Well, actually, the word Metanoia means to change your mind. And so whenever you repent, God is wanting not just for you to stop that action, but he wants you to stop that thought about that. And so what we want to do is, during this message, I want to challenge you to allow God to work on your thinking when it comes to money. So money matters, Zig Ziglar says that money may not be the most important thing, but it ranks up there with oxygen. So money matters to God. Money matters to the devil. Money matters to your electric company. Can I get an amen? Money matters to the grocery store. It matters to your mortgage company. Money matters to missionaries, right? Right? Money matters. When Rusty and I first got married, uh, I worked in the oil field and eventually got into sales, and I was just always studying all these different books. Uh, Rusty was going to school for nursing. I was just trying to make a living, provide for the family. But I, I knew that if there's anything I wanted to learn, people have written about it. So I would buy all these books and, and read and study. And so I would read these sales books and marketing books and business books and success books. And we were also in ministry for about 13 years. Most of that was in youth ministry. Well, while I was studying these things, I realized a lot of these quote-unquote success principles were based on Scripture. Whether they, the authors knew it or not, I knew it. And so I would study these things, take notes, go and find all the Scriptures and the stories in the Bible that, uh, where the principles originated, and that's what we would teach to our students. And I'm actually very honored to say we have students today that are serving God in business that were in our youth ministry years ago. Well, 
whenever, so many people, whenever it comes to the church as a whole, there's this mindset that money's bad, right? That God doesn't want you to have money. That's not the thing. God doesn't want money to have you. That's the difference. And who do you think wants, okay, if every believer, every Christian just tithed, we would not have a healthcare crisis in this country or the world. There would be no hunger. Like we would be able to solve all these things if all of the believers just tithed. Now, let's look, what if all of the believers actually became everything God called them to be? without fear of being judged, right? How much can we do for the kingdom? So whenever I was in sales, most of my adult life, I've been straight commission. And some of you right now are thinking, oh my goodness, I could never be straight commission. Well, it's good and bad. It's, it's bad because there's no guarantee that you're getting a paycheck next week. But it's good because there's typically no limit on how much your paycheck could be if you're really good. And I was doing a goal-setting exercise one day, which is actually Habakkuk 2.2, write the vision down. And so I was writing this down. You know, and at the time, I was making roughly $70,000 a year. And so if you're in sales and it's all commissioned, the next logical goal is 100000 so I had $100,000 written down and some other things that we just wanted to accomplish. And then I started praying about it. And it was like the Holy Spirit came and stood next to me, put his arm around my shoulder and said, pointed out this 100000 It's like, let's, let's talk about this for a minute. And I'm like, okay, God, like, am, am I missing you here? I don't want to be greedy. I don't. He goes, what, let's just, let me challenge you. What if you didn't make that your income goal? What if you made that your goal to give away a year. I'm getting chills thinking about it. And it totally raised my level of thinking. Now, do you think God is looking for people that will be faithful enough to give away $100,000 a year? I know some missionaries that really hope <laughs> that, that people will be faithful enough to do that. And so it really just challenged me. And listen, I'm not saying... You've got to understand my heart here. For years, I wouldn't share that story with anybody, and then I got convicted about it. And God's like, you're missing the point. I need people to catch this vision. There are thousands, hundreds of thousands of people in businesses that give away that much money a year. So now the question is, okay, well, not only what do I have to do, but who do I have to become to serve enough people to earn enough to be able to give enough? right? You know, you're, fortunately, we're not like a tree. Your next five years doesn't have to look like your previous five years. You can change. We, we didn't start our business until the middle of 2015. And it was really 2016 before it started replacing my income. Uh, and to look where we are now, just five, six years later, it's, I'm not gonna go over the numbers, but it's really mind-boggling. And I don't say that to brag, I say that to brag on God. 
And there's so much more we get to do now for the kingdom that we never could have done if we would have listened to some preachers that, that I've had in my life. You know, I had somebody tell me one day, he was a minister and I was at his church, and he said, Billy, I think your problem is that you're just always chasing money. And I left that meeting and I was like, God, search my heart. That is not my intention. You know, am I doing anything wrong? I, and I felt God say, no, you were doing exactly what I've called you to do. I'm working on him. That's his filter. Don't worry about that. You keep doing what, you're, what I've called you to do. And so I want us to really think about, challenge some of the thinking that you've been raised with. You know, many people believe that the purpose of business is for a profit. I challenge that the purpose of business is to serve. Profit is simply a byproduct of that service. A core value that I have is that the purpose of wealth is ministry. Now, I'm not saying that you need to have the same core value. It's, Paul talks about how we each sometimes have our own convictions. So you don't have to have that same conviction. But for me, I really believe the purpose of wealth is ministry. And I also believe that's part of the reason that God has given us a favor. You know, we, uh, I'm in the chiropractic niche. We do marketing and advertising for chiropractors. And I didn't realize this until Brady and I were running some numbers here just a month or two ago. There's over 100,000 people a month that walk into an office of a chiropractor because of the work that we do. Is that bad? We get emails from doctors saying, hey, one of my patients came in because of you responded to one of your ads and got to cancel her back surgery because of your advertising, now she's better. I mean, so we, business isn't necessarily bad. Business is, I truly believe, it's supposed to be a service. Now, I believe that God created us to be success, a success. But unfortunately, our environment programs us to be a failure. We have teachers. We have siblings, we have friends. Unfortunately, sometimes we have parents that tell us we can't do the things that we want to do. I was raised, okay, it wasn't a horrible childhood, <laughs> but I was involved in a parental kidnapping. And uh, spent some time in foster care, a lot of bad stuff, that's a totally different different message. But I always knew that God had something for me. And my grandparents eventually got custody of me, and I'm so thankful for them because they literally said, you can do anything. And so I grew up, you know, after a lot of the, the junk I went through with that mindset. That you know what? If he can do it, I can do it. If she can do it, I can do it. And so a lot of times whenever we're young, we have these ideas that we want to be an astronaut. We want to be a business owner. We want to do all these things. And then somewhere along the line, the world punches us in the face. 
And all the adults are like, yes. How many of you have been punched in the face by life? And it happens. But are there astronauts? Well, I don't understand. Did they just not get punched? Right? I mean, what, what happened? Are there people that are successful out there doing the things that you wanted to do, but they're doing them and you're not? What's, what's the difference? They didn't give up. They got back up. Right? In Luke 16, the second verse, the second part of verse 8, it says, For the people of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own kind than the people of the light. Now, this is Jesus talking here. And what he's saying is the people in the world are better at business than Christians. And a lot of it is because of our grace mentality. I'm challenging some of your thinking, so just, just bear with me. The word shrewd isn't a bad word. The definition of shrewd is having a, showing a sharp power of judgment. So when it comes to business, they're just... They have good judgment. Business people aren't looking to God for grace. They know if they want to have a successful business, they're going to have to serve their clients with whatever product or service they offer. They're going to have to do as good of a job as they can, better than the guy down the street. They're going to have to market more. They're going to have to sell better. They're going to have to do every, everything they can to provide a great service. And as Christians, we sometimes think, well, we're just waiting on God. And, and it really kind of corrupts our thinking sometimes. We've all heard the, the pastor say, I gave towards the building fund. And then the next week, I got a check in the mail from my insurance company. Wasn't even expecting it. That's grace. That's good, but that is not sustainable. God doesn't want to just do that. So as a believer... When we understand that business, the purpose of business is to serve others, and we have the same mindset that the world does, not chasing money and greed, we'll talk about that in a second, but we have this mindset that, you know, we're going to do the very best because our business is a ministry. Because Brady and I, we look at our company as a ministry. When we have that mindset, we have that, but then we get grace on top of that. Right? Then we have favor. So our company, Cairo Candy, is now the number one digital agency in the profession. We're part of a, um, a group called Seven Figure Agency, and it's a coaching group for digital marketing companies literally all over the world. They even had some people there from the United Kingdom when we all met last week. And out of, Brady, what is it? 200 and something businesses there, we are blessed to be in the top two or three out of the, all of these companies. And we are also younger than most of these companies. But that's, that is glory to God. And we're, we're going to talk about that here in just a second. So grace versus works. So as a believer, we get both, right? Proverbs 14, 23 says that all hard work brings a profit. But mere talk leads to poverty. This wasn't even in my notes. Some of you have all these great ideas, but all you do is talk about it. So what's the problem with 
with business? Why is it that the church frowns upon business sometimes? Uh, it's because we're not supposed to be greedy. And 1 Timothy 6, 9 says, But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. That's what happens whenever you chase money. God doesn't want us chasing money. God wants us chasing wisdom. Proverbs 14, 8. We've got a couple of scriptures here. We're going to read verse 1 and then jump down to 18 and 19. This is proverb, uh, or this is wisdom. I'm talking about wisdom. Does not wisdom call? Does not understanding raise her voice? Riches and honor are with me, enduring wealth and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold, even fine gold, and my yield than choice silver. So some of you think that God's currency is the U.S. dollar. Not. God can care less what's going on with the U.S. dollar. God's currency is wisdom. And right now, God is looking for people that will be faithful, that he can download blueprints of different ideas to people that will be faithful to put it into action. You know, the difference between wisdom and knowledge is application. You can know all the stuff, but if you know the stuff and you don't do the stuff, you know what the Bible calls you? It's a four-letter F word. It's called a full. But when you know the stuff and you do the stuff, now all of a sudden you're wise. And God, his currency is wisdom, so we should be chasing wisdom. Deuteronomy 8, 18 So I teach a life group here. Megan was just talking about the life groups. I encourage you guys to sign up. If you feel called to entrepreneurship, it's called the, this is a commercial, a commercial break. Uh, it's called the Blessed Entrepreneur. And a lot of this stuff is, it's stuff like this that we teach in this. But this is one of our cornerstone uh, scriptures that we talk about a lot. Deuteronomy 8.18. It says, but remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. So does God give us wealth? He gives us the ability to produce wealth, which means we have to take action. How many of you have had an idea and you think it's a great idea, but you don't do anything with it and six months later you're at the store, somebody else did something with your idea? Right? God is looking for people. He's, he's not giving you money. He's giving you ideas. And you've got to do something with them. But what happens is we get this idea and we start and we get punched in the cheek. And so we decide we're just, that's just not going to work. And we don't do it. And that's okay. God still loves you. He's just going to go find somebody else. Matthew 22 Verse 36 and 39, I can just imagine the scene here. You know, they're trying to trick Jesus. It says, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. 
This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. So they didn't ask what the second one was. But Jesus is like, look, this one is almost just as important. If we could just, if this is the only thing you walked away with from this message, take this with you. We are to love God and love people, period. It doesn't matter their race. It doesn't matter their political affiliation. We are to love people. Do you know why so many people don't go to church? Because of people, right? I quoted Zig Ziglar earlier. If those of you who know who Zig Ziglar was, just a, a tremendous, he was a motivational speaker. He was a Christian, really cool guy. <clears throat> but he made a comment one time. He's like, you know, people say the church is full of hypocrites. And he would answer, yeah, we have room for one more. You know? <laughs> Come on. I mean, that's really, we all mess stuff up, Right? But if we could just learn to love people, and that's what your business should do. Whatever product or service, a business solves a problem, business 101. And it's going to be either a service that you provide or a product that you sell. Galatians 6, 2 says, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. So I've got something important to say. This is going to come as a surprise to some of you. No one is laying in bed at night and waking up in the morning trying to think of ways to give you their money. <laughs> Doesn't happen. What do people lay in bed at night thinking? Their problems, right? That's what keeps them up at night. They wake up in the morning thinking of these problems. And if you had a solution to those problems, do you think they would pay you a fair wage in exchange for that? Chiropractors laying in bed at night thinking, how am I going to grow my practice? And we come along and say, hey, what if we do some marketing for you? They see our fees. We're a third of what most other companies charge. They're like, oh my goodness, uh, okay. You know, and now we're working with over 300 offices that pay us every single month, right? And we're continuing to grow because we solve a problem that keeps people up at night. So this, if you're taking notes, you definitely want to write this down. This is like business, I'm trying to think of the best way to say this. I don't have t-shirts. I mean, I have T-shirts, but I don't sell T-shirts, but this would be a, a good saying to put on a shirt if we can get it to fit. If you want to make money, solve problems. That's like we could stop right there, but let's take it a little bit further. If you want to make good money, solve expensive problems. Right? Let's take it a step further. How many of you want to make good money? It's okay. We're, I'm telling you, it's okay to make money as long as you're being good with it, right? What if, who would want to make great money? Am I the only one in here that would like to make great? I have, I have, no, I have no problem. I want to make great money. Solve expensive problems for rich people. Guys, this right here, like this is a seminar in itself. This is how you build a business. 
you figure out, you know, is your, does your product solve a problem? Well, yes. Okay, is it an expensive problem? Well, not necessarily. Okay, well, let's find an expensive problem that you can solve. Ideally for people who can afford to pay you, right? <laughs> Philippians 2, 3 through 4 says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others. You know, whenever we started Cairo Candy, I really didn't even know what I wanted it to do. I had um, years ago worked for a chiropractor for a couple of years and then went back to work in the precious metals industry. And fast forward a few years, in 2008, I started a podcast for chiropractors. 2008. That's whenever you had to hand crank radios, you know. <laughs> It was one of the first podcasts for chiropractors, but I only did like six to eight episodes. I stopped doing it, but I had taken a course online on how to do this, and there was another guy by the name of Pat Flynn. We were both going through this course at the same time, and we vaguely knew each other from online. Fast forward to 2014, and from time to time, I would see his name come up online, and I was like, oh, I know him. Like, we both kind of started internet marketing stuff at the same time. And it was November-ish of 2014. I got on his website. And he has a podcast and a website. You can still go today and check it out. It's called Smart Passive Income. And the whole thing about his website or his podcast is, I'm going to try to make money online, and I'm going to report every month what's working and what's not. And he had his income report, and it said October, $88,000. And I was like, that's January to October. He's, he's making $100,000 a year from a podcast. Like, this is incredible. So I click on it and I start looking. He made $88,000 in October. <laughs> what? He's making a million dollars a year from his podcast that we started at the same time, but I quit and he didn't. And I remember going to God. It's like, all right, God, I want to start a podcast. <laughs> And I had some different ideas. I, I, was, I wrote a book on leadership, and I saw I could do it on leadership. We were in youth ministry for a long time. And, you know, I, I worked for a chiropractor for a while, and I was praying about it. And I felt God say, what have you enjoyed the most? And it was, oh, thank you. I was like, it's too early for the band to come up. <laughs> So I felt God say, what have you enjoyed the most? And I, I really love chiropractic. It's I'm not trying to sell you on chiropractic, but really the idea behind chiropractic is God created our bodies to heal. And it lines up with who I am as a believer. And so I just started a podcast on marketing tips for chiropractors. I didn't know how we were going to make any money. I just wanted to serve the profession. And then one thing led to another. You know, the scripture says the steps of the righteous are ordered to the Lord. And then just one door would open, then another door would open, then another door would open. And now, understand my heart here. I'm not trying to brag, but just in five years, our business produces more revenue 
twice the revenue in a month than we used to make together in a year. But it's because we serve so many people. And because of that, we get to serve so many missionaries and ministries, and there's so much we get to do for the kingdom. Because like I said, my core value is that the purpose of wealth is ministry. I remember April 2017, Rusty gets a phone call from her twin sister. And so her sister and her husband are engineers, and they invited us to go to Hawaii with them in June. No, the first week of July, because it was 4th of July week. And Rusty, like our business had really just kind of started getting some traction. And she's like, do you want to go to Hawaii? I was like, look, you're handling all the bills. If go for, I mean, if it's there, it's, it's up to you. And that was our first really big trip after, you know, the company had, uh, we had started the company. And I remember driving around Maui thinking, how cool is it that the whole reason we get to do this is because of the impact we're making for chiropractors and the impact they're making in their communities, right? It's a win, win, win. How is this bad anyway around? Everybody here is benefiting, especially the tourist shops in Maui. (laughs) So when it comes to work, I want you to understand, you do not get paid for the hour that you work. Right? If you got paid per hour, you could sit home and they would just send you a check. You get paid for the value that you bring to that company. So if you want to make more money, you have to figure out a way to become more valuable to that company. Should the minimum wage be raised? No, it's, it's a ladder. Just don't stay at the bottom. If, you can go, if that means going and getting an education, go get an education. But it doesn't mean you have to have a degree. You can go learn. I have no degree. I did not go to college. Don't tell. (laughs) I have some seminary background, but I figured out a skill that would serve the profession, and we bring tons of value to the marketplace, and we get paid for that. You know, Jesus taught in Matthew 25. We're not going to read this, but a lot of you are familiar with this. The parable of the talents. The master gave one five, one two, one one. And he comes back, and what happened? The one with five doubled it. And most of us have heard this story. And the one that had one talent didn't do anything with it. Well, uh, there's a couple of things here that I want to point out. One is we are not all equal. We're not. I cannot sing. I can't, and that is okay. We're equally valuable, but we don't have the same talents. Okay, so that's one point we can take from the story. Another point is he gave everybody a talent. Something else we can learn from the story, what happened to the one who had the one talent and didn't do anything with it? The master took the talent away and gave it to the one who was faithful with their talents. When you pass a cemetery, a good buddy of mine pointed this out to me one day. We're driving down the road, and he's like, how many people do you think had inventions and ideas they never, 
Like they were supposed to be the ones to think of these things and they never did. I don't want to be that person. Our gifts should be used in the service of others. So the problem with business is greed, right? That's what we don't, we don't want. So scripture doesn't say money is the root of all evil. It says the love of money is the root of all evil. So I was a sales manager when I worked in the precious metals business, and we used to, I had a scale like this that I would use to teach. In Proverbs 11.1, 1, says a false balance is an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. And this is what he's talking about. Whenever you have a business and you are taking advantage of people, that's what God doesn't like, right? Um, but is it bad to sell things? Proverbs, I said these scriptures out of order. Sorry, guys in the back. Proverbs eleven twenty six says, The people curse him who hold back grain, but a blessing is on the head of him who sells it. So here's somebody who has something that people need, and they're holding it for themselves, and they're being cursed. Let me tell you, there are some of you in here that God has given you ideas, and there are people out there that need you to be faithful with the ideas that God has given you. How many of you like infomercials? For those young kids, that's what happens on a TV when there's commercials <laughs> and you're not streaming something. So what we would tell our sales guys and gals is if you're selling a product, it needs to be to somebody who really could benefit from the product, right? That's, that's step number one. But if they're saying no, what they're saying is their money weighs more than whatever it is you're offering. You got it? That's why they're saying no. But if you can create more and more and more value, once that value outweighs their money, they will gladly pay. That's, that's what God's looking for. I mean, there's, there's actually, if you look and study, there are several scriptures that talk about just scales. And so for our company, I cannot tell you how many people that we've had, even whenever we first joined this seven-figure agency group, we told people that our fees are only $5.95 a month. Everybody else in the profession, they're charging minimum $1,000 to $2,500. And they're like, what? You got to raise your prices. You got to raise your prices. You got to raise your prices. And it's like, okay, well, how much revenue are you doing? They had no idea that we're doing like three or four times the revenue that they are. But it's not, listen, it's not because I had this idea. It's because I was sensitive and I really believe God gave us wisdom on how to set everything up. So now whenever we go to a chiropractor and we're like, hey, look, we, we would love to help you do all this. And we have all this value over here. And to them, the it's a no-brainer. Why would they not sign up with us? Right? You kind of see what we're doing here? But you watch these infomercials and you're like, man, I could use some more steak knives. <laughs> and it's like, but wait, there's more. And every time they say there's more, that's all they're doing is they're stacking more and more and more and more value. And so in business, that's what you want to do. We're going to kind of wrap up here. So what 
once you realize, okay, God's not mad at me if I have a business. There are three key steps that you need to do to have a successful business and money mindset. And everybody always starts with a third one, which is strategy, right? Let's, how do I invest in blockchain or how do I, you know, how do I start a bit? We all go for the strategy. You go to the bookstore, there's tons of books on strategy. But that's the third step. The first two steps are too often overlooked and we don't have time to go into this very deep. But the first one is our neurochemicals. So, the, like I said, I didn't go to college. I may have to sound out some of these big words. <laughs> but we all have this neurochemical association to, to, to money and the choices that we make. And it's, there's five key hormones at play. We have dopamine, serotonin, uh, oxytocin, endorphins, and cortisol. Now, the first four of those are happy hormones, right? Uh, dopamine. That's a pleasure. When we do something, we have, we have pleasure in it, dopamine's released. Uh, serotonin, whenever we feel status, we feel that our, our, right now I've got a little bit of serotonin because I'm up here and you guys are down there, just being honest. But if there is, that, that's serotonin that's being released. Uh, oxytocin is, that's the love hormone, physical touch, that's what's released there. Endorphins, whenever you're working out and you just, you know, or that runner's high, you just feel great. Some of you are thinking, runner's high, I haven't... That cannot be real. Uh, but there is. There are these endorphins that are released. And then we have cortisol, which is a stress hormone. And right now, there are more cortisol stimuli that we're exposed to in an hour than we used to be in a whole year just 50 years ago. We get online, and it's negative, And it's the news. It's all this stuff and so it, it just naturally raises our cortisol levels, and our body doesn't like that. And so our body's trying to, okay, we need to create some of these other hormones to, you know, these pleasure hormones to make us feel better. And so what happens is we go shopping. Don't, he's elbowing Michelle. <laughs> but we go buy something, and we feel better for a second, right? Or we go eat something. And it makes us feel better, right? And then we get more cortisol, and then we decide, our body's like, go eat another Oreo. That felt great earlier, right? <laughs> and so we get stuck in this, in this loop, and, and if you don't understand that, that that affects what we do with our money, you know, there are sometimes, I've seen this happen, where people have a great idea, and they work so hard, and they start making money, and then they self-sabotage, you know, they, their spending's out of control, and sometimes this is the reason. And the second thing is your subconscious. If you grew up in a home or a church that said money's bad, you are never going to act in a way that is in direct conflict with your subconscious. You just, you can't. And so throughout history, our safest environment is, is humans has been with our families and with our tribe. And if you feel on a subconscious level that if you start having success and you're going to be kicked out of your tribe, your body doesn't want that. Like it wants to be safe. And so it starts to self-sabotage. 
once you realize this and you get over these things and realize, you know what, it's, it's okay. God needs me to go out and be successful in business. When you get these things, now it's time to figure out the strategy. Now, God, where's the wisdom? Who do I go to for counsel? How can I now go out uh, and learn these things? That's why if we were to give 100 people a million dollars, or let's take it a step further, if we redistributed all the wealth, let's make it even for everybody, within a generation, it's all going to go right back to where it is now. It's not about being fair. It's about people's association with money. There's all these books and everything. You've got to know the first part before you can get into the strategy. One of my favorite stories in Scripture, and we're going to close with this, is 2 Kings. Whenever Megan was up here talking about 2 Kings and Elisha, I was like, oh, no, she's going to be using my story. But she didn't. 2 Kings, verse 4, it's going to be 1 through 7. It says, a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophet cried out to Elisha, saying, your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord. And the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Then he said, go, borrow vessels from everywhere, from all of your neighbors, empty vessels. Do not just gather a few. And when you have, uh, and when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons, then pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from him, shut the door behind her and her sons who brought her the vessels. She poured it out. And now it came to pass when the vessels were full. She said to her sons, bring me another vessel. And they said to her, there is not another vessel. So the oil ceased. She came and told the man of God, and he said, go, sell the oil and pay your debt. And you and your sons go and live on the rest. There's so many key points in this story, but I just wanna to touch on just a couple. How many of you have been in a service before, and this may have even happened today, where the teacher's you know, teaching something or preaching something, but the Holy Spirit's telling you something else. Not necessarily in disagreement, but like there's other things. And one of the last times I heard somebody tell this story, that's what was happening. Like he was making some good points, but there's one of the keys on here God highlighted and it really helped change my life. But the first takeaway that I wanna cover here is that she sought counsel. She was in need, like she needed to make money but she didn't complain about it on Facebook. She didn't just sit there and grovel. She went and found somebody who could give her help. The second thing is God used what she already had. Some of you were in this place 
And there is something that God has put inside of you that he wants to multiply and wants to nourish that it can be a blessing to other people. The third thing is she sold it for a profit. That's okay. Profit is not a bad word. And then the fourth thing is he told her, go and meet your obligations, go pay your debt. And then you and your sons live on the rest. As we started having success, I started having issues about having a nice vehicle and a nice house. And certain family members that I have have made comments about other people we know that have money. And they would say, oh, that's, they're just flashing their money, they're flashing their money. But God was showing me here, he's like, look, Billy, forget that. If you go and I'm blessing you and you are helping further the kingdom, you're meeting all these obligations, go and live on the rest, enjoy it. So what I wanna do is we're gonna close in prayer and we're gonna have a ministry moment. I truly believe that if God has called you to entrepreneurship and you disobey that calling, it is just as equal as if he's called you into the ministry and you disobeyed that calling. Because there are people that need you. God has given you gifts and a purpose and a calling to help impact the kingdom. Because you know what? Ministry impacts the kingdom. Ministry needs money to impact the kingdom. There's a whole other teaching on kings and priests, and we're not gonna get into that, but it's kind of the same thing. He's called some of us to be kings, to go out and be able to earn the money to provide the priests so they can go out and do the work of the ministry. Would you stand with me? We're gonna pray. Father, we thank you so much for today, for this word. And we know that you have, every single one of us, you have a special purpose and calling on our lives. I know that not everyone in here is called into ministry and I know not everyone is called into entrepreneurship. But Holy Spirit, move on our hearts. Quicken within us what it is that you truly have for us that we will use everything within us to serve your kingdom. So what I wanna do is if you feel called to business, I'm gonna ask you to come up front and I would love to pray with you. To pray for wisdom, to pray that the mantle of business that God has given me, that I can help impart that on you. So don't wait. Just right now, wherever you're, wherever you're at, if you feel you're called to business, just come up here and I'm gonna pray as we worship.